0: Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's sermon was given by Senior Pastor, Rev. Dr. Ray Hilton. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. We're going to read our scripture
1: reading today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. In the New Testament section of our Red Bible, on page 1. Let's pray. Guide us, O Lord, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light. In your truth find freedom and in you in your will discover your peace through Jesus Christ our lord amen i read matthew 1 verse matthew 1 verse 18 through 25 now the birth of christ the messiah took place this way when his mother mary has been engaged to joseph But before they lived together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to the public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in his dream and said, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what has been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall name him Emmanuel which means God is with us When Joseph awoke from sleep he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him he took her wife he took her as a wife but had no marital relationship with her she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thank you. By the way, this young lady who just read the passage was married here in our church a few uh, weeks ago, and her husband's name is Emmanuel. Emmanuel. So thank you, it's good to see both of you here. You know, there is something very peculiar about this time of the year when we read these passages, and I said it in the first service, and I want to say it again, that we are prone to make two very big mistakes about this passage. One is we assume that it's for little children. And so in the earlier service, this whole area was filled with many, many kids, and the rest of the adults were sitting out there and we can think to ourselves how cute it's such a cute story and it's so precious to see the kids dressed as little animals and little angels and the kids were up there reading their parts and playing their parts and we divorce ourselves from the story in fact maybe there was a time when you were a little kid you associated this story with what we call the American version of Christmas and that's as far as it would go And you know that's it The other mistake that we can make this morning is to make the assumption that this story happened such a long time ago and it speaks of a simpler time and we live in such a complex time and this story then doesn't have any relevance for me. And I'd like for you to take this story on with a new set of lens. In fact, one of the tensions that I want you to feel in this story is that there's a little bit of a scandal going on in the text. There's a bit of a scandal here that's happening in the text because when we read the words that we just heard that the mother, Mary, was engaged to Joseph, don't think engagement the way we understand it. This is a much more uh, invested kind of relationship. What was called a betrothal is what the scriptures call it in that it's as if they were married. It's as if they were married. And this kind of engagement would have lasted for a whole year. And during that time, the woman would still be living in her parents' home. And the man and the woman could not have any kind of physical sexual contact. But the scandal of this text is that Joseph, who was a righteous man and a good man, Mary, who was a, a, a righteous young woman at that time, did not have any relationships at all, and yet we're being told that the woman was pregnant. And in the eyes of that community, they would have been wondering what is going on. Joseph, of course, understands the difficulty of what's going on. And so being a righteous man, and he reminds me of the Joseph of the Old Testament. Because the Joseph of the Old Testament was also a good man. And he wanted to save and preserve life. Because he knew, this Joseph in the New Testament fully understands that Mary, Mary's character, her reputation, and maybe her life is now in jeopardy if he were to expose her. And so being a righteous man, he didn't want to submit her to public disgrace and thought he would sort of put her aside quietly and move on. But aren't you glad That when Joseph went to bed that night, he had a dream. And the Joseph in the Old Testament was a dreamer. God spoke to this man in the Old Testament by dreams. God speaks to this Joseph in the New Testament via dreams. And I would encourage you this morning to don't dismiss your dreams. God is not limited God will speak to you through your dreams. Pay attention to your dreams. The angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream and said to him, Joseph, son of David. And that is such a loaded term right there, son of David. It has everything to do with what came before in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, where Jesus is identified also as the as from the tribe of Judah, who also carries on that that reign of King David who sits on the throne. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. You ever wonder how many times the Bible tells us not to be afraid? It's incredible. I think it's in every book of the Bible. You're going to find these words, do not be afraid, because fear is, is such a human condition for all of us. And and what are you afraid of today? Joseph on that day was very much afraid of scandal. He was afraid of what might happen to, to, to Mary. He was afraid of his own reputation, his own family. There were so many things to be afraid of. And the angel of the Lord came to Joseph and said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And here's the reason why. The child that is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit so imagine Mary is now showing and the scandal is in full force and people are saying can you believe it she wants us to believe that this child is from the Holy Spirit imagine the whispering and the gossiping and the laughter and the mockery that was going on in that community as they tried to spin this answer out that no, 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 Joseph had nothing to do with this. This child is from the Holy Spirit. Now, I haven't been to Disney World in a long time. But when our kids were younger, we took them to Disney World. We took them to Universal Studios. And when you go to those places, everything is like a dream. Everything is so built around fantasy and myth, and you never go to Disney World to learn theology, right? You go there to have fun. And when people read this verse, they often think, so what are you going to tell me next, Pastor, that unicorns exist? Because in the natural world, we would say, yeah, people don't get pregnant this way. And this air of skepticism surrounds this passage. I'm not here this morning to even defend the virgin birth I don't think that's even the most important part of this text what's important here is why why what's the reason behind this why did God become man so think about think about it this way imagine if you woke up tomorrow morning and you picked up the Chicago Tribune or you saw it on the cover of the New York Times that Bill Gates took his billions of dollars gave it away is penniless and is living on the streets or you heard that uh, Jeff Bezos with all of his billions from Amazon gave all his wealth away he's penniless and he's living on the streets and you would say, why? oh my goodness I can't believe it, what happened? what overcame these people? why they gave up all this money that they had, all this privilege, all this power and they're now living on the streets because in our world, we, what we normally hear of is the weak becoming strong, the poor becoming rich, the last becoming first. This story is not a rags to riches story. This story is a riches to rags story. And I'm asking you this morning not to dismiss it. It is not just for little children. With wide eyed wonder, lighting the candles and singing the Christmas carols. It's not just for that. It's a beautiful thing to see children telling the, this story. It's not just a story that we can look back on from yesteryear and say, you know, that's such a cute story. I want you to wrestle this morning with the why. Why this riches to rack story? Because that's really what it is that the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who has always existed, decided in a moment in time that he would take on human flesh and come into this world, and the question is, why? Why? And I think part of the answer is given in the angel's message that Mary will bear a son, and you, Joseph, you are to name him Jesus. Why? He will save his people from their sins. And wrapped up in that phrase is part of the answer why. Why God did this? Because it has everything to do with rescue. You see, what you have to understand is that the world, you, me, we need to be rescued. We need to be saved. We have a problem. Now, you might not want to say that, but the scripture is pretty bold about it, that as human beings, we have a problem. We have a problem with selfishness. We have a problem with lying. We have a problem with sin. Let's just put it there. We have a problem with sin. And how do we get rid of our sin? How do we address this problem of sin? And from everything that we're reading is that we as human beings, as much as we can improve ourselves, as much as we can gain more muscle, as much as we can read more books and become smarter and and acquire more knowledge, we do not have the capacity as human beings to absolve ourselves and to rid ourselves and to free ourselves from this problem. And so we needed someone to come and to do that for us. And that is part of the why in this story, that Jesus has come to rescue us, to save us from our sins. Give him the name Jesus. The word Jesus, the name Jesus in Hebrew means Yeshua, Joshua, deliverer rescuer, to save us from our sins. There's another name that's mentioned here coming out of the book of Isaiah. A virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel. They'll name him Emmanuel, and it means God with us. And so this morning, what I want you to see in this text is the why. Number one, that we needed a savior, a savior who would stay with us, a savior who would come to us. And you think about all the other religions and the approaches that we know to God, it's predicated on what we can do, right? How many prayers we can pray, how many many gifts we 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 can give, how many sacrifices we can make, And somehow, if you can accomplish all the good that you as a human being can do, that maybe, hopefully, you will find God. The message here today, the big why in this message is it's time for you to stop trying to reach God. The message here is that God has come to us. And not only did he come to us, he says, I'm going to stay with you, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 28 that I will be with you to the ends of the age. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Emmanuel, God is with us. There's something else about this story that I want you to see before I sit. Something about Joseph that brings him closer to us. Because you and I have found ourselves in situations where we need to make a decision. And we've often been afraid to make the decision because of the magnitude of what that decision will carry. Joseph, like Mary in Luke's gospel, Joseph here in Matthew is a beautiful example of what it means to relinquish control relinquish control what keeps many of us from moving on in our walk with God is that we want to retain control I can't give because if I give I don't know what I will have when I give back to God I don't want to give my life to God a young man told me years ago he said because somehow if I give my life to God I'm gonna lose my opportunity for fun and he told me I'm gonna give my life to God he said when I'm older and I'm settled down Well, that young man didn't live long enough to do that. We don't want to give up control. Joseph is a wonderful example of relinquishment where he says, okay, God, if this is what you want, I'm going to do it. Joseph is a wonderful example of obedience. Okay, God, you want me to take Mary as as my wife, I'm going to do it. Joseph is a wonderful example of what it means to trust. And so I encourage you this morning to see the gift of this passage. That at this season of the year, this last Sunday of Advent, the gift that is in this passage is the gift of Jesus Christ himself for you and for me. Jesus will save us from our sins. Jesus, Emmanuel, God who is always with us, And I don't know today if you're here and you're like the rest of many people in American culture where you've heard this story over and over again and you connect this story with what's going to happen on the 25th. You're going to be home. You'll maybe have a Christmas tree. You'll maybe have some gifts. Maybe, I say, because not everyone has a home. Not everyone has a Christmas tree. Not everyone has someone to give them gifts. Maybe that's what's happening for you. And then once we get on the 26th and the 27th, we kind of put this story to rest till next year. I'm hoping today that you will see in this story a gift that God's giving you. He's saying, look, if you will trust your life to me, if you will pray to me, if you will surrender your life to me, I have the greatest gift in all the world, the gift of my son Jesus, the gift of forgiveness i'll be with you there will never be a moment you could you could be down to the darkest darkest place in your life and when you have the lord jesus in your life god is saying i'm going to be with you in that darkest darkest place there's no place on planet earth you could go god is saying this morning where i won't be there with you and some of us don't know that kind of comfort i'd like for you to receive the gift of jesus this morning maybe before this service is over When this service is over, there will be some people available to pray. And if you would like to receive that gift, I'm going to invite you to come and just talk to these people and let them pray with you and point you to Jesus and receive that gift. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God's people say, Amen.